You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. First time in a long time, but back like I never left. Taking these things as it comes, you know me, I don't read ahead. Watch me burn down everything, BDE on the TV set. When I'm in control on the road, you can never really know what's up next. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next for Post Wrestling and Up Next Podcasts. I am joined today with Jesse from The Six. Good evening. How are you doing, Jesse? Do you remember? Do I remember? 21st night of September. 21st night of September. What is that? Earth, Wind, and Fire, September. Oh, okay. Just start off with a little levity. I'm good. How are you? I'm struggling today. Um, (laughs) Now, we're here today to chat about Evolve. Evolve 135 and 136. That took place this weekend in New York. Uh, Last night's was in Brooklyn. Tonight's was in Queens. Now, Jesse, do you believe in curses? Uh, I semi-believe in curses. Because after today, I'm really starting to believe in curses with Evolve. Um, as you heard in the last show, Way and I had some difficulty trying to navigate WWN, uh, to actually purchase the show. I ended up purchasing the show about three times, um, to try and watch it. And we even missed, um, the first Evolve show that we were going to review. Now... I was struggling again yesterday trying to get this blooming thing going and minutes before the event started managed to get it all working fine. All was good and then today came along. Indeed. Yep. And I I mean I've got to put this down to myself. Um, This is completely my fault but silly me thinking that the event would start at 8pm like it did yesterday tune on to WWN about 7.45. I was going to cook myself something to eat quickly while I'm watching the show, and Cassius Ono's music hits. And I go, oh, what match is this? And then Volta's music hits. And I go, oh shit, I've missed most of the show. So, yep, 
curses evolve I definitely think are a thing but I did manage to see the two big main events which were the matches I very much wanted to see and thankfully we have John Ceno, Ceno Evil, big supporter of post wrestling and up next uh, he was actually at the event so I'm gonna be joined with him in just a little bit to talk all about tonight's event but without a further ado um, let's go into Evolve 135, which took place from Brooklyn last night on the 20th of September. Now, when you first look at this setup, what were your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thought was, damn, there aren't a lot of people there. <laughs> it looked very empty. The, the lights were really bright. Yes. So... It really makes it clear how empty this place was. It was essentially like a, a school gym or a, a church hall, something like that. It looked like a Catholic high school gym or something, yeah. It it really didn't look too great. There was a door wide open in the back oh, where that you saw door. you saw security <laughs> chilling out, you saw So the cars driving by on the street. It was very distracting. It was right opposite the hard cam. Absolutely. And I've gotta say, I do I I love wrestling for the wrestling, but there is a quality level that I have come to expect and it does take me out of it. I do find it a lot harder to focus when you're seeing security guys walking back and forth, people coming out of their changing rooms and chilling and watching the match in the background. And the crowd definitely didn't help with the show, I thought, because it was there seemed to be barely anyone there. Yeah, uh, I'll admit, uh, my experience with independent wrestling is pretty limited you know I, mm. I, I haven't seen a lot of independent shows the first Evolve show I saw was the one you reviewed early in the summer the 10th anniversary yeah. show and as you surmise on that podcast perhaps the WWA helped them out a little bit because the production on that seemed better this one uh, to my inexperienced eyes it looked pretty low rent uh, it really did yeah. um, however tonight's show in Queens looked a lot better it was it was a Braden actually said it's where he went to see DDT in New York. So it's, okay. it's like a Latin nightclub. The lights were all dimmed. The uh, the screens looked better. It The crowd seemed way hotter uh, tonight. So the production level for that, I was absolutely fine with. But I did find it hard getting into the show yesterday. We had um, we had our friend Sam over to watch it. And Braden was joining us as well. And we all kind of felt the same thing. We found the show very difficult to get into. However, this show starts with Anthony Henry interrupting the opening speech. We haven't seen Henry since he cost J.D. Drake the title in Chicago. And he says, I have sacrificed everything for the Evolve fans. I have repeatedly given, given you four or five star performances, month in, month out. And I have never, ever, ever received anything in return. So, as far as I'm concerned, you people don't deserve anything else from me, so that is exactly what you're going to get. Nothing. Bring my opponent out and let's do this. And we're introduced to Casey Navarro, who I'm not familiar with at all. I believe he's kind of just the the sort of jobber of the week. However, he doesn't turn out to be the job, jobber, as Henry goes right to his back and invites Casey to pin. And Casey seems a bit um, unsure whether he should do this. Is this a trap or not? But goes down, pins Henry. One, two, three. Casey Navarro wins the match. This is 
the finger poke of doom essentially done on Evolve. Yeah, uh, because of WCW, I've always been, um, I've always disliked some anyone throwing the match, laying down for a pin. But given the storyline, there is an internal logic in that Henry feels as though he he's done everything he could or should to be in line for a title shot, and then the last Evolve show. Um, he tried to insert himself in the main event, and they wouldn't let him, and, and J.D. Drake said, no, your time will come. So he feels as though uh, the wins he's racked up already have been in vain, so if wins and losses don't matter, he'll throw the match. But then, as we saw afterwards, he demonstrated that he could still oh, kick the he, crap out of him. Absolutely. He kills this guy, Casey Navarro. Uh, there's a series of face washes to the corner, knee strikes to the head. Uh, he hits a beautiful-looking running cannonball and then finishes up with the double stomp, the coup de grace, if you will, off the top, right through the chest of Navarro. That first kick, Henry does. So Henry lays down, and Navarro, I, I don't know if he has much of a character at all. He seemed like he might have been a bit of a heel because he seems like he's celebrating this win, which yeah. you know, he was given to him. And then this is actually some good camera work. We complain about production, so give yeah. credit where it's due. The, Henry's foot just sort of comes out of nowhere and kicks him right in the head, kind of like a uh, Naomichi Marafuji sidekick, almost behind him. I just thought it looked great. And so for a guy who who's you know uh, was a former MMA fighter, uh, sometimes it's hard for those people to transition to professional wrestling because you have to sort of pull your punches. We've seen tons of former boxers who don't yeah. really use punching at all in pro wrestling because they can't pull up this guy. Either he really kicked him in the head or he's mastered uh, pulling the kick because it looked great. Yeah, I've been really impressed with this guy. He, uh, I, like you, started watching Evolve from that network special on uh, the WWE Network. And Anthony Henry someone that's always stood out to me. I love this, this kind of MMA style that is very popular in wrestling. And he's great on the mic as well. Like this opening promo, I thought, was straight to the point, convincing. Um... I think he's going to be a big deal in Evolve moving forward. We then go on to a six-woman uh, a six-woman match. It's Vanity versus Avery Taylor versus Alex Grazia versus Natalia Markova versus Shotzi Blackheart versus Brandy Lauren. Now, they said this is for a big opportunity, but I don't believe we ever actually learned what this opportunity is. I guess momentum, the big mo. That's my only guess, yeah. So this was quite a fun match. There were enziguris from all the girls to each other. Avery hits a rolling senton to the outside to all the women, and Shotzi then hits a huge tope suicida, taking everyone out. Um, I've been a big fan of Shotzi Blackheart uh, since I've started watching Evolve. I think she's someone that really stands out, got a very unique look. These tope suicidas she does, uh, she did the one on the network special to all those chairs, which looked like she died. Um, but yeah, I think she's pretty exciting. She hits a tiger faint kick into a tiger suplex to Markova, but only a two count. There's a Tower of Doom spot where I think they've been watching the, the four-way at uh, NXT on Wednesday. However, Shotzi climbs to the top, and instead of doing the suplex spot, she hits a double drop kick, uh, knocking off the two women who are on the shoulders in like a doomsday device uh, position. We have a shining wizard from Alex Gracia. There's a tiger faint kick from Shotzi to Gracia, but Lauren breaks up a top rope attempt and hits an apron bomb. Lauren then gets a two count and Avery Taylor out of nowhere gets the win with like a, a face plant, uh, essentially. Yeah, it was an interesting uh, decision because all throughout the match, and this was probably conditioned because going into it, the only 
wrestlers I really knew were Shotzi Blackheart and Brandy Lauren. But yeah. they definitely seemed like the stars. And the rest of them were good. It was a fun match. It just seemed like Blackheart and Lauren had that... They've had the story going yeah. on for a while now. And Avery Taylor, I'm not familiar with. Um, she... Yeah, she didn't really have anything going into the match to hype her up at all and just got this got this win out of nowhere. Yeah, but, you know, maybe maybe it's smart. Evolve obviously has sort of made a business of finding the next, you know, young wrestlers and moving them up at the right time. So Absolutely. maybe they felt that we've established Blackheart and Lauren, now it's time to establish another uh, woman in their nascent women's division, and so they gave Taylor the win. And they've always got to be kind of thinking who is going to get plucked exactly. next yeah. by WWE. We obviously Austin Theory is an NXT superstar now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing double duty at the moment, but um, yeah, they've got they've got to build up a division and other people. So this was probably a smart move. After the match, uh, Brandy Lauren takes out Avery to get the heat, um, establishing establishing herself as the only real. Uh, she says it's the woman's division, singular, as she's the only woman that really matters in the division. We then have a match between John Silver, the meat man, he's referred to, <laughs> versus Arturo Huas, who is a big favourite of mine. I think this guy is wicked. Um, John Silver, they explain, hasn't actually been in Evolve since 2012, and he went away for seven years, completely transformed himself Bulked up a lot, changed his look. Um, yeah, and Huas, obviously, we saw on NXT Live on Wednesday. And what I really enjoyed in this match was he was selling the injuries from the effects of that match. Now, that's not something we see in the same promotion. People <laughs> yeah. selling an injury from the week before. Um, I think it's one of my gripes with Pete Dunne. He works on the hands a lot and breaks the fingers. But... The next week, that the guy's fingers aren't broken. Well, so fingers heal. It takes about a week. Come okay, on. okay. Um, but yeah, I really like this. Huas was was really selling his hands as they had just been completely butchered by Pete Dunne on Wednesday. More than that, it wasn't just Huas selling it. it was the announcer, Lenny Leonard, right? Yeah. He even made mention of uh, Huas's match with Pete Dunne and yeah. how his hand was hurt. So you could definitely see there's an established continuity. You know, for, for lack of a better term, NXT and Evolve exist in the same universe. universe. And... Whereas Raw and NXT absolutely don't. <laughs> Bizarre. Um, yeah, I thought this match was quite fun. Uh, we had a rack bomb from Silver for a two count. Um, a beautiful bridging German from Huas. Uh, for a near fall, and the match was over with a huge spin kick for the win. Um, wasn't as crisp as I've seen him hit them before. Not quite the black mass, Alex Alistair Black. Um, but yeah, kind of a win out of nowhere from this guy. He can take you out whenever. Um, and the match uh, follows with Anthony Gutierrez coming out and grabbing the mic and goes, Nice work. I respect your MMA a lot. Your technique is good. But you should check out this Evolution Edge tournament. You might learn something. So, and then Gutierrez proceeded to kind of shadow box for a awkward amount of time. It, it was awkward. Yeah, he <laughs> he, he does it come into the ring, <laughs> and it's like, dude, there's there's no one in with you. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, Gutierrez, I think you, you've got quite a strong division there with uh, Gutierrez, Huas, and Anthony Henry, all very similar. Uh, mixed martial arts styles um, and I believe um, 
did we see Gutierrez versus uh, Huas before? I think that was on the last Evolve show. Um, but building up a feud here between these guys. So then we have a four-way elimination match in the Evolution Edge tournament. This is Anthony Gutierrez, who's still in the ring, shadow boxing, versus Karam, this really big, big guy. Uh, Daniel Garcia, who is a um, from Buffalo. So we see him here at Smash a lot. And he was one of the uh, the wrestlers who broke... Uh, broke both his legs in a really nasty car accident that happened uh, just over a year ago. So seeing him recovered and in a match like this is fantastic. And he calls himself the Red Death, which the I Red like. Death. It's, I think it's a reference to Edgar Allan Poe. And okay. I'm, all, I'm all for that in professional wrestling. <laughs> and uh, we have Kurt Stallion as well. Um, and Stallion, all of us were... He seems to be very high up on Evolve's list of guys... Guys they see as the future. He seems to be, yeah. <laughs> and none of us quite get it. I think he's solid in the ring, but again, it goes to that kind of production value. And obviously, the, these guys aren't making WWE money by anything, but you still have to take care of your look and get get decent attire. And I I hate that being a gripe of mine, but... I don't take you seriously. He's wearing this shitty little headband, um, very generic black trunks. He, it just doesn't do it for me at all. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'll share my thoughts on Kurt Stallion after the match. Okay, <laughs> right. Um, so early on, everyone's trying to take the big man Karam out. Uh, Karam hits a double suplex to Gutierrez and Garcia. Uh, there's a stupid spot where Karam catches Gutierrez in a power slam position. And Garcia just climbs onto his back. Literally jumps on him. He jumps just, on him. <laughs> and no pretense of this being like a natural movie doing a fight. It's just, now it, I gotta jump on his back, because that's the spot. Yeah, it was very, very contrived. Um, and obviously, Karam hits a, a double slam, throwing uh, Gutierrez over his shoulders and slamming Garcia in a kind of Samoan drop. There's a nice-looking German suplex from Stallion. Um, and then, out of nowhere, a headbutt to Karam for the pin. So Karam is eliminated by Kurt Stallion. Um, Gutierrez has a triangle on Garcia and Stallion breaks this up with a headbutt to pin Gutierrez. Um, again, kind of out of nowhere. And I thought going into this, Gutierrez was going to be the, uh, the guy to win it. He was the guy they were building up, but kind of a nothing elimination here. Gutierrez comes out at the previous match, which... I guess we should mention, this seems to be something that Evolve likes to do. Maybe they're influenced by Paul Heyman's ECW, but they like to flow from match to match. They don't do, like, backstage things, like, they bring the guys out. So it's part of the thing. Yeah. Fine. So maybe it was just any excuse to have one match flow on the other. But watching it, I thought, I'm looking at this guy, Gutierrez, and, like, he's doing this awkward shadow boxing. I'm thinking, is he a joke? Is he a joke character? He's mm. going to get, like, pinned really early in the four-way? Like, no, he doesn't. And, okay, he can actually, you know, wrestle. He's decent. So I'm like, oh, maybe he'll, go to, maybe he'll win, or maybe he'll be one of the last two. But then he goes out third, and I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this guy. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, yeah, just a nothing spot. As you said, you kind of feel him all bigging up, him getting on the mic, yeah. running his mouth. It, it was setting up for him to just get kicked in the head right away and pinned in the first seconds of the match. Um, so we go to uh, the final two in this elimination match, which is Garcia and Stallion. There's a chop exchange between the two. Uh, Garcia locks in a sharpshooter 
with a bridge. I've never seen this before. And I, cool, yeah. I thought this looked awesome. Yeah, I liked it. Um, Garcia hits a Death Valley driver into the turnbuckle, and this looked pretty nasty. He mm-hmm. kind of just drops Stallion on his head, but his head seems fine because he follows up with a running headbutt for the pin, and Curtis Stallion goes into the final of the uh, Evolution Edge tournament. Yeah. So I've only watched a handful of Evolve shows. Yeah. I'm, you know, so I'm trying to be respectful of this this world. They're hardcore Evolve fans. And Kurt Stallion is over. Yes. These fans like him. So if you, you book for the audience you have, and this audience loved Kurt Stallion, so they booked him to go over, makes perfect sense. But from my point of view, personally, this fucking guy, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Yeah. I don't see what they see in him. You talked about his gear, looks kind of shit. He's got that long, wet, stringy hair. I think it looks like shit. And it, it looks like Anthony Retro Green, but Green is a heel. So he's got that... It, it works for yeah, Green. I get it. Stallion just looks like a bum. He's... He's kind of skinny fat, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's a pro... Re- I mean, I don't want to body team anyone, but you're, you know, a pro wrestler. And I don't want to bite WH Park's gimmick either, but yeah. <laughs> the headband sucked, the gear sucked, I didn't like the look. Now, I could forgive all of that if he's a great wrestler. And he's okay. But this fucking headbutt, this oh. is the dumbest move I've seen in a long time. So first, I think he beats Karam with, with it this way. He sets it up like a Kamagoe, Kodobushi stuff. Yeah. But instead of delivering a knee, he delivers a head. I'm thinking, you're being too cute here. You've overthought this. Why yeah. are you doing this headbutt? It doesn't look good. And if you hit it really hard, you can actually hurt yourself. And it would still look like shit. So why are you doing it? And then he breaks up, was it a pin or a submission? Which is like diving head first into yep. someone. And then he pins him. Like that is not, he just falls into somebody. And then he ends it with this shitty headbutt. Like, dude, you got to get a better finish. I'm just not a fan of headbutts at all. Because I think they either just look bad or or just dangerous. And I get taken out of it because... I'm like, why Why are you cracking your skull against someone else's head? Um, I'm not a fan of that at all. Uh, but you're right. They're, they're obviously pretty high up on this guy. They had Riddle come out and endorse him yeah. at the, uh, the network special. And you feel maybe they see him as a kind of Matt Riddle. But it's just he lacks that star quality for me that Riddle has in spades. Maybe the more I watch it, the, watch him, the more I'll, I'll see what these fans see. Yeah. Maybe maybe he'll continue to grow and improve, but... Because they love him. They love this guy. I don't see ever liking that goddamn headbutt. That's terrible. <laughs> or the headband. No, that, that either. <laughs> uh, Austin Theory, the Evolved Champion, comes out with a mic. And he says they're trying to portray that two guys winning this Evolution Edge tournament can be real superstars. What makes you think that you can be anything like Austin Theory? Does anyone really think that the future is a guy that wears a shiny little headband like that? (laughs) And the Evolve crowd start chanting shiny headband. Uh, Stallion grabs the mic and he goes, Thank you, sir. I can't believe how much more handsome you are uh, are in person. Oh, and let me tell you something. The hard cam is this way making a little dig at NXT, because obviously you go to NXT to find where the hard cam is. Of course. Um, you being on NXT is great and everything, and if I win this tournament, I'm coming for you. But now you have this to worry about. And out comes Babatunde. Babatunde. So the the story here is that uh, Austin Theory and Josh Briggs are going to have a championship match at Evolve 136, and they both get to pick their... Uh, opponent's opponent for Evolve 135. So Josh Briggs has picked Babatunde. Uh, Theory sees him and he's 
wants no part of that. So keeps fainting to the uh, to the outside, uh, goes up to the ramp, and the unwanted come out to block the way. So Theory gets back into the ring, and Babatunde starts killing him with a huge sounding uh, slap to the chest. Um, and then the unwanted AR Fox, Leon Ruff, everyone just storms the ring, and the match is thrown out. Um, so as you said, this is the one thing flows right into the other, and this is setting up our six-man tag team match for the tag team championship, which we don't often see six men uh, being defended in a regular tag title match. I was confused. I'm pretty sure these aren't trios titles. But They're not they, trios titles, so but both uh, both teams have like three men, kind of, so I guess they'll be doing a free bird rule with it. So we have the unwanted with no Colby Carino, and we have Donovan instead, who first time I've seen this guy, and as you pointed out, he's not the Scottish <laughs> singer who we both immediately thought he was, um, versus the Skulk. Uh, there's a cool moment, uh, which I actually retweeted on the Up Next podcast Twitter account, where Kingston is trying to catch Ruff, and Ruff just keeps jumping from one rope to the other. Looked very cool. AR Fox goes for a leg drop to Donovan on the apron and misses, and his bum just eats the hardest part of the ring. Looked very painful. The hardest part. The hardest part. Ugh. Have you have you fell onto your like coccyx before? It's horrible. I mean, probably. It's not, very, not as a grown ass man. It's very <laughs> painful. Um, Gray comes in and hits a big scent onto Kingston. Goes for the frog splash and eats knees. Everyone is getting their shit in. Everyone's hitting their moves. Uh, there's strikes into a, a Matrix escape from, I believe it was Fox. Um, then we have Ace Crushers all round from the Skulk. Uh, it's the, the one Osprey does where you, you springboard off the second rope into an Ace Crusher. This looked very cool. And then all three men hit a dive to the outside. We have suicide dives and a huge uh, top rope um, over the top turnbuckle Tope Conhilo from Ruff, which looked... Looked crazy. Uh, yeah, that was on. Was I, I don't remember if that was on Donovan or if that was on um, Gacy. Gacy, I believe. Oh uh, yeah, he didn't quite catch him right, and he sort of like folded under him. It looked painful for both. Yeah, and just to get the height to jump over oh, that yeah. top turnbuckle is crazy. Um, they all then hit their top rope splashes with Ar Fox hitting a four fifty for the pin. Their crew will jump into the ring and they dance for what seemed like forever. Yeah, th this was the match leading into intermission, and um, Leonard says, okay, now we're going to intermission. And they had them dancing in the ring for like a good two, two and a half minutes, yeah. and we were wondering, like, is this literally going to be the entire 50-minute intermission, just these guys dancing? But they cut to promo videos. What I quite enjoy with this as well is their crew just looks like the nerdiest people, like nerdy white guys really trying to dance. Uh, one guy's doing the Macarena out of time. Um, but these guys seem very popular, and they're they're exciting to watch. I quite enjoyed this six man. Yeah, I hadn't seen Gray before. He seemed fine, but like Fox and Ruff, they they're definitely onto something. These guys, if they keep going, they'll get somewhere. They they've got the moves, they've got the charisma, they can sell pretty well. They they did, you know, they gave um, the unwanted had the heat for good. I actually think that was great. They had the heat on for the longest time. Yeah, working for the hot tag, and you know, it's formulaic, but it works. It was a good tag match. Absolutely. So, second half begins with Adrian Alanis versus Harlem Bravado. Uh, the story is that 
Harlem Bravado's been on a bit of a losing streak, and if he loses tonight and tomorrow at 136, he is out of Evolve as a full-time competitor. Bravado goes for a roll-up and a backslide right away. You can see he's very desperate to get this win. Alanis uh, hits a load of strikes and a huge-looking spine buster. He's, he's a big power guy. Um, there's a tope su suicida to Bravado, and then Harlem Bravado hits the straight pass homie, uh, otherwise known as the Angel Wings, for the pin. I don't get Harlem Bravado. I don't know what this is supposed to be. I... <laughs> He, he looks like a low-rent JBL. He's from North Carolina. His name is Harlem Bravado. He's got Harlem Globetrotter like, um, names for his moves. I don't know what this guy is. I, I don't get it. And he's mates with Cassius Ono. Apparently, yeah. Both like their basketball gear. Uh, yeah, well, maybe that's <laughs> it. Yeah, they're just ba basketball aficionados. I guess that's it. Um, so it, he's not going to lose his job. And that was a pretty quick match to start the second half. We go back to the Evolution Edge tournament with Big Game Leroy, accompanied with his Switch and wearing a Dragon Ball Z t-shirt, versus Brandon Taggart, who's a big guy wearing jeans and poofy hair. Um, Sean Maluda, who we all know from NXT and was actually on NXT this week on Wednesday, and Retro Anthony Green, accompanied by Brandy Lauren. Now... Big game Leroy. This was the first time I've seen this guy. Same here. Um, quite fun. Obviously, some inspiration taken. A lot of inspiration taken from Orange Cassidy. His gimmick is that he'll wrestle whilst playing the Switch. And this was pretty much the story for the first first portion of the match. Um, there's... They're like doing standing switches, standing which, switch, yeah, which was very, cool. very good. Um, the coolest moment, he hits a Horikarana whilst playing the switch crazy um i believe this uh was tweeted out as well it go check this out it looks very cool um sean maluda then knocks the switch out of his hand and anthony green threatens to smash it and we both we all felt this is where the switch should have left the match yes now. yeah exactly however it comes back into it there's a back and forth where green and leroy are both playing the switch and I thought the stuff was... I thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. But he's nowhere near as crisp as Orange Cassidy is with this stuff. At one point, he goes for a like a kip-up whilst playing the Switch. But I don't think he realized he could do it. So just sort of rolls into a cross-legged position. Either we were expecting a kip-up because Orange Cassidy can mm. do it. Or he actually was going for a kip up, and then like halfway through, decided no, can't do Not it. Not gonna and do then, this. Um, yeah, so that looked a little bit awkward. But uh, you know, he seems like a young guy. He's still learning. That's what evolves for. For sure, yeah. He's got uh, a, a gimmick. You know, it's derivative of Orange Cassidy, but he's changed it a bit. He's involved the switch, and you know, I think he's onto something. Use it for the first, you know, two three minutes of a match, and then the heel throws it away. Gets a, it's a good heat spot. Crowd boos, and then. You have to wrestle a proper match after that. Absolutely. Don't go back and get it. Yeah, that, that was the thing. I think the Harikarana was the high point. Yeah, that me. was, And yeah. he hits a, a suicide dive with the with the switch as you well. You should work on that. That looked painful. Yeah. Um, and I thought those two spots were it. Would have sold him. Yeah. Um, but coming out of this show, he's one of the guys who I remember. More so than a lot of the others. Yeah, and skipping ahead just slightly. He's the first one to get eliminated in this match. Yeah. And honestly, after he went, the match turned into kind of a snooze fest. Yeah. The, the crowd... They're, 
weren't a lot of people there, and the people that were there definitely fell asleep after this. Uh, Taggart hits an... Um, oh yeah, Sean Maluda hits a super kick to eliminate Leroy from the match. Uh, Taggart hits an Uranagi on Maluda to green, um, which looked pretty cool. Uh, Anthony Green pins Taggart with his feet on the ropes, and the crowd aren't happy about this. This was very strange. because um, So you have... Two faces and two heels in the match. The first person you eliminate is a baby face, and then you have one baby face fighting two heels. And Taggart's a bigger dude. Also looks very young, but he's yeah. bigger than Maluda and Green, so they're both double teaming him. They beat on him, Taggart gets you does a baby face spot, fires up, hits him both, and then Green cuts him off and pins him. And so now we're left with Maluda versus Green, heel on heel. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe like one of them rolls the other one up real fast, sort of like some trickery. These guys fight each other for like Good few Six more minutes, minutes? Yeah. yeah, like longer than necessary. Yeah, Green Green goes for the the pin attempt with the feet on the ropes again, but this time the ref catches it, and Green wins with a uh, like an unprettier off the turnbuckle. Cool move. That, that was yeah, cool. it looks cool. Uh, gets the one two three. So in tomorrow's final, we will have the battle of the shit gear with Stallion <laughs> versus Green at Evolve one three six. We then go to the first of our main events, which is Josh Briggs versus Cassius Ono, uh, who's accompanied to the ring by Harlem Bravado. Um, who, oh, who then disappeared, I think. I, he, I didn't see... Was he there he, for the I match? don't think he stuck around for the match. Just came out of the entrance. Uh, I was kind of confused whether Ono was meant to be a heel or a face here. Obviously, he's a heel in NXT UK, um, and he's coming out here with Harlem Bravado, who we learned earlier on in the night, is a heel. Yeah. Um, however, he starts the match offering offering a sign of respect. He puts his hand out. Um, and we learn this is a rematch from Evolve 128. So uh, Josh Briggs shakes uh, Ono's hand to start the match off. Um, ono goes for a leapfrog and eats a big right hand from Briggs. Uh, ono's just grinding down Briggs with, with like, headlocks. Um, there's an awesome-looking... Uh, his one of his one of Briggs' finishing moves. He it's like a float over into the knee to the face, uh, which looks really cool. And especially on a guy Ono's size, Josh Briggs is big too. But to be able to hit this move on Ono looked really impressive. Um, and then we have the hero's welcome to Briggs for the pin. So not quite sure how I feel about uh, pinning the number one contender uh, going into a big title match. Uh, but this this match was fine. I I was expecting a little bit more from the two, um, but it, it was solid enough. Yeah, I guess they wanted or somebody wanted Ono to win because he was fighting Walter the next night. Um, so maybe that was the decision. It does. It could be good booking. Um, well, I don't want to skip ahead, but like you know, at the time I was watching, I thought, oh, maybe now if Briggs beats Theory, then you have the next of all title shot lined up and you can bring Ono oh, back. Oh, in for that. Yeah. Um, they worked a, a more technical match. I don't watch NXT UK that much, only dip in here now, so I don't know what Ono's been doing. I know he does have a technical, he does have technical prowess, but it was a much more technical match than I expected. And uh, it was okay. I don't know, maybe I've been watching too much ZSJ or, but no, I really like uh, Arturo Huas too. So yeah. I just thought if you're going to do the ground grappling thing, there are some guys who can do it really well and they seem a little bit slow, and then the match picked up, and I'm like, okay, it's picking up, and then it just ended. Yeah, I think 
this should have been more of a Josh Briggs has a lot of strikes and big power moves. I th- that was more the match because Ono can do that. He's got obviously all his elbows and stuff. Yeah, I think it should have been more that. I don't think Josh Briggs is the right kind of guy to be trying to have these technical matches with. Uh, but it was fine. There's an angle right after the match as Ono extends the hand again for a sign of respect, and Austin Theory jumps Briggs. Ono tries to stop him and gets shoved. And then Briggs jumps Theory and Ono tries to stop that and gets hit by Briggs. Um, Unintentional Briggs takes out Ono and Ono looks very sad about this. Ono looked like a loser. He really did. (laughs) He gets knocked out. He won the match, but he just looks like a... This is your... Rejected, sad... Big import who's meant to be the big name. He gets shoved down twice like a bitch and just, yeah, looks like he's going to cry. Yeah, it was strange. Although, I'll say, conversely to that, before Theory jumped in, Briggs had this look on his face, like when when he first lost and the camera's on him, and then when Ono was offering his hand, he really stilled it well. It, I kind of got like um, Bret Hart, Davy Boy Smith, SummerSlam vibes, just in that they're both faces, and Briggs is really frustrated and sad he lost, but he recognizes it was a... A fair fight, and he still yeah. shakes his hand. I thought Briggs really conveyed that well. It's frustrating. Yeah. Babyface frustration that wasn't petulant. It wasn't a sign of return. Just, damn, he got me. Yeah. And, and I think that was a nice story. And then, yeah, but afterwards, Ono gets pushed down in the melee and just looks like a sad boy. I think it was more the fact it happened twice <laughs> yeah. made him look more ridiculous. If it was just the, like, theory jumps Briggs, Briggs starts taking him out, Ono tries to stop him, and then gets knocked... I think it would have been okay, but it was... Yeah, getting shoved on his ass twice it looked dumb. Uh, so we go to the main event of Evolve 135, which is J.D. Drake versus Volta, the WWE UK champion in a non-title match. Now, you have a big problem, I learned yesterday, with uh, region-specific <laughs> titles being defended elsewhere. It's true. It's the WWE UK title. It should be defended in the United Kingdom. What? Why is it being defended in New York City? I don't get it. What? It's meaningless then. Yeah. What, I, is, what is the North American title? It should be only... Either it's only for North Americans or in North America. And yes, I feel the same way about the United States title on the main roster. I've, it's always bothered me. I don't get it. European title should just be for Davey Boy Smith and Shawn Michaels when he pins him in England. Nothing else. <laughs> Otherwise, names have no meanings. And what are we all doing here? I think I, I kind of agree with you. I think once in a while, as like a very special thing, it could be defended outside of the UK. But it does seem to be defended a lot in the US. I think very much uh, I'm on an island on this one. I don't think the WWE very much cares about the veracity it's, of their titles names it's just, just a name trying, essentially they're trying to get trying anything. to get these things over trying to get people to watch NXT UK I get it I'm just saying it's a personal bugaboo of mine yeah so JD Drake who is the real uh blue collar working man's man I really like this guy I think he's got a great promo he um his look works for him we talk about people having a bit of a shitty look his works because he's meant to be your every man. Yeah, and he's also a good worker. Like it, he's we, really good. Yeah, it'd be another thing if he was kind of sloppy in the ring. And, you know, it's you look at him, he's like, okay, he's a blue collar guy, and then he works like, oh, he, he works pretty. Yeah, it, it, he pulls it off. Yeah, there's heavy hitting chops back and forth from the two. 
Uh, a big boot from Volta to floor Drake. Drake goes for his stunner and Volta reverses it into his uh, his clutch attempt. Um, Drake then hits the stunner, goes for a moonsault, but Volta moves out the way and he misses. There's a shotgun drop kick. He hits a powerbomb. And then JD hits a big chop to Volta going, screw you. And then there's Volta's short arm clothesline for the pin. Um, this has been happening a lot in Volta's matches where... When when he doesn't win by the by the clutch, he often just hits a big, kind of standard looking old school move to just end the match out of nowhere. We've seen it with the power bomb. We've seen it here with the the short arm uh, clothesline. Um, he doesn't seem to have his finisher yet. Uh, he's also used the top rope splash to win some matches yes. too, right? Yeah. I, I like it. I like some variation. I, you know, I think too much of professional wrestling is, you know, everyone building up to their one move, and then mm. that's it has to be that one move. I like Volter using various clotheslines. I think this particular short arm clothesline maybe didn't look like the best clothesline, yeah. but I think it's like a one-off. Um, so he beat uh, Bait with a clothesline, right? That was a running clothesline? I think, yeah, I think he beat Bait with a clothesline. He beat Dunn with, was it the power bomb? I think it was the splash. Or was it the splash? splash? Um, I've seen him win with the power bomb yeah. as well. So remind me again in the because the he beat Bait with a sequence, right? He goes to what did Bait kick out at one? That was the power bomb kicked out at one. I think it was the power bomb. And then Volter, I think he hits one move and then he hits the clothesline. So it's kind of like a, a finishing sequence. Yeah, and I really like that. This one, I think maybe just a factor of time. I just don't think I would have liked the ending more if it had been like maybe. If they had sold more that these guys were exhausted and they've been beating up each other so much. Like, I thought they were just getting into it with the chops. I'm like, okay, they're ramping it up. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think the when you don't have that move you recognize as a crowd that could potentially potentially end it, those yeah. false finishes, that's what builds up the, the crowd energy and the anticipation for that final move. This kind of just came out of nowhere and leaves you, oh, oh, it, it's done. Okay. And I think you lose that atmosphere. But that's what's going to happen if you're trying to establish a new move, True. right? Maybe Volt is trying to build up equity in the clothesline. So sure. it's just sort of, you know, John Pollock always mentions the first few times that Undertaker put on the Gola Plata. Uh, what do you call it? Hell's Gate. The hell, yes. The crowd didn't react. But then, you know, at WrestleMania 24 against Edge, crowd reacts huge because by that point, they established it. And speaking of finishers, I am not having the stunner as a transition move. He didn't even go for no, a pin. No, I know. Like, okay, <laughs> he doesn't... We get it, you're a blue-collar guy. You don't need to do the goddamn stunner at all. But if you're going to do it, it's a finish. I don't, I'm don't. i not here for that. Yeah, I mean, it, the stunner's kind of become the DDT. Where I know, it, it just used seems to be so used... indie to me. Like... I know. I'm, we saw uh, Leo Rush this week hit an awesome like, bottom-rope springboard stunner. Again, just a transitional move. That looks so great. That would be a great finish. It looked awesome, <laughs> yeah. and it should have been the finish, especially yeah. seeing that he won the match anyway. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. The, the stunner is... I, I grew up watching wrestling with Stone Cold as the guy. So to see his move just be used as a transitional thing. He didn't even go for a pin. Volter rolled into the corner and then Drake goes for a moonsault, which by the way, you could tell Volter was way oh, too was close. Miles away. Like, so it, it, it amounted to nothing. That used to be a scoop slam. That's what you did for that job, a body slam. Yeah. If you won that position. But no, now it's a stunner. Great. Um, Anthony Henry comes out and just looks at Drake, shaking his head. Um, Drake looks very sad. He's he's been 
studying Ono, the sad face look. <laughs> and there are thank you Drake chants to end the show. Evolve 135, what were your thoughts, Jesse? Um, yeah, the production, the lighting, the camera's out of focus half the time. This, the, the lackluster, or I mean, the crowd wasn't so much lackluster, it's just there weren't enough people there. That all, that affected my enjoyment of it, I'll be honest. And there weren't any matches that I would say were great. Yeah. But most of the matches were good. Um, these are good wrestlers. And, you know, if nothing else, it's booked properly. I know where everything's going, right? Tomorrow night, we have a title match between Briggs and Theory. And I knew that either way that went, there's possible matches coming out of it. You know, they're building up Drake and Henry. Um, and we're, I'm expecting a, a Huas and... Who's that guy? Gutierrez. Gutierrez. They're going to feud at some point. And then, you know, on the next night, the finals of the tournament, Kurt Stallion against um, Green. So it's it's booked well. It makes sense. I know where everything's going. It's yeah. good storytelling. And, you know, this is nothing new. But watching these Evolve guys and then looking at Austin Theory, mm. this guy is a class above. He is in a different league. He's, he's in shape. His, his gear looks like a star. He, he looks like a star. He talks like a star. He's only 22, I believe, which is wow. in, insane to me. Um, he's completely ready for NXT. Honestly, I got real, like mid 90s Shawn Michaels heel vibes from him. Yeah. Just he he plays a very like traditional heel sort of that and that also sort of combined with uh, Rob Van Dam's heel work in ECW where he's like I'm Mr. Monday Night I'm going to WWF because yeah. he, obviously he's going to NXT so his gimmick is I'm leaving you I'm better than you and he plays it great. Uh, interestingly enough his match with Babatunde it really picked up it was kind of boring for the first few minutes and then Babatunde hits that sick chop and yeah. everyone's like oh but then right after that Theory gets the heat, and he's beating up Babatunde, and then the match gets really good. Usually when you have a match where the heel is the better worker, the best part of the match is when he's bumping for the, the baby. The but but uh, Theory made his offense look really good, and I guess that's some credit to Babatunde. He sold it pretty well. Yeah. But just looking at Theory, he's great, and he's not great in a way that's indie-rific, for lack of a better term. What he's great at will translate really well to NXT oh, and even completely. really well to the main roster. He's got those fun. He got fundamental heel work down. Yeah, he's he can do great moves. He's in great shape. Looks great. I mean, yeah, gets reactions as well. The crowd hate him. Yeah, which is awesome. So if you're not watching Evolve, you're gonna see this guy soon either on NXT and you know probably on the main roster within. I mean, as fast as they want him. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think he'll definitely be a project for them. He's a guy they have penciled in in a few years' time as a top, top guy. Um, I just want to say as well how fantastic Lenny Leonard is on commentary. He's very it's, good. I'm watching it and I'm often going, wait, this is only this is only one guy, which is, is crazy. He's so uh, engaging. He's knowledgeable. You don't need three men in a booth. I was going to say, it's refreshing <laughs> not to have a three-person booth. That's uh, Three people to call, two people in the ring. Yeah. I've never understood it. But I, I think he's a, a great asset to evolve. Um, but yeah, just I, I'm not going to go on about the production anymore, but it's just something I feel needs to be worked on. Um, so that's Evolve 135 from Brooklyn. I am going to be joined by John Sino Evil in a second uh, to talk all about Evolve 136. Jesse, thank you very much for coming. I'm sorry you missed tonight's show because it was a lot better than yesterday's, I thought. So am I. We should have checked that. But in in our defense, I'll just say we watched the whole show yesterday. Yeah. Did you ever catch them saying tomorrow at 6 p.m.? Tune in tomorrow on WWN. Like, they should have 
I mean, you're, you won't be able to watch your show. You should be hitting people over the head with that. Tomorrow night. We knew it was tomorrow night. Different time. Tell us it's a different time. Yeah, they've had... Because I made the mistake with 1.34 of it being... I tuned in an hour early then because right, it yeah. was... They went specific to time zone. So it was in Chicago, I think, that one. So I was an hour early for that one, and now I'm two hours late today. It It is my fault, but really, if if your times are changing around and you have you want people to have eyes on your product, you, you need to make it easier. And honestly, WWN Live, John texted me earlier um, and said, you weren't kidding. This is such a, a headache trying to get into this thing. You what? need you need like two different sets of usernames and passwords. You need one for the club and you need one to actually pay for it. It shouldn't be so hard. I want to give you my money and watch <laughs> your product. Sort it out. There's there's a it's a golden rule of business. Never make it difficult for customers to give you money. Yeah. And when you're running a, a independent professional wrestling company, especially one that's one of the bigger ones, you're getting notoriety. There's even talk that you might be put on the WWE network. You know, running an independent wrestling company is difficult. There are certain things you can't control. You can't necessarily control the lighting in the high school gym you have to yeah. run. You you can't always control. You know. It's hard to get good camera operators. It's hard to get talent that. But certain things you can control. And one of them is tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Yeah. It's easy to say. Say it four, five, six times. Yeah. And sort out your website, guys. Come on. Yeah. Really? Oh, well, thank you very much, Jesse. This has been fun. Um, and maybe we'll have you on again to talk more Evolve in the future. That'd be great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Hello, we are back, and now I am joined by John Sino, who is actually live at Evolve 136 tonight. John, how are you? Hey, Davey, how's it going? I'm pretty good, thank you. I've This this Evolve thing, I just, uh, I'm having nightmares with it at the moment. I, I got the time wrong, WWN goes down, e- everything, I feel like the world's against me sometimes. Yeah, I don't know what's going on. You would think with WWE involved that they'd somehow, uh, you know, get their 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 network set up a little bit better, do a better job of promoting. It's kind of all over the place for you, it seems. It is, yeah. I mean, I am partly to blame as well. I I do blame myself for getting the time wrong, but it should have been hit over my head as well. I feel. But however, I was very very lucky because you were actually at the show tonight, so you're like our a live uh, correspondent from Evolve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Evolve tends to come to New York about every other month or so. Um, my favorite spot is always uh, La Boom in Queens. We're actually where I met uh, Braiding, was over there over um, WrestleMania weekend. I was able to meet him there for one of the shows. Um, they tend to do shows in, in Brooklyn and other places around here, but the uh, the Queens La Boom location is, tends to be a little bit easier for me. It's kind of like the Evolve's home, um, home arena. Yeah, and it looks fantastic. Uh, I was just chatting to Jesse about last night's show, and... Uh, the setup here looks so much better. Like, the quality yesterday was pretty shoddy. You had a door wide open on the hard cam side throughout the whole thing with people walking back and forth. Uh, the lights really bright, glaring against the camera. However, here, this looks this looks like a legit show. It's The lighting's dimmed. You've got all the cool Evolve, like, video screens and stuff. Uh, I thought the setup looked great here. Yeah, absolutely. Just to kind of put both places in the comparison, because I've actually been to both places. Where they had the show yesterday is actually a um, 
a church, a church gymnasium in Brooklyn. Um, and it's it's a really uh, bad aesthetic. It's, it's like a, a gym and there's no air conditioning in there. And the setup is, is just so off that it kind of put me up to ever go back to a show there. In comparison, uh, Lambouve in Queens is actually a nightclub. So they tend to do a lot of shows there, a lot of concerts. So it has already that nightclub um, feel to it with the lights and the bars in the background. It's just a much better atmosphere to enjoy a wrestling show. Absolutely. And uh, I reached out to you because you often message Braden and I at these events because you're a big fan of Up Next. Um, and you often set, uh, like send us pictures, go, look what NXT guys were at Evolve tonight. So you were the first guy I thought of um, when everything went to shit today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and I tend to always kind of rock my up next shirt. Matter of fact, I was doing a couple of meeting reads. Uh, Walter was there, Candice LeRae, and as I'm taking a picture with Candice, um, I see Johnny Gargano kind of pointing at my shirt and speaking to Tommaso Ciampa. So I kind of head over to him, and I'm like, "What's going on, Johnny?" He's like, "Yeah, up next. I know that." I'm like, "Yeah, you actually did a uh, a video message for the guys when they had their um their meeting greet up in Toronto." And he's like, "Yeah, that was great. I, you know, I loved it. I would love to do it again." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll let the guys know." That's sweet. My best friend Johnny Gargano remembers <laughs> me. How nice! Uh, Absolutely. No, we Braden and I really appreciate all the support you give us, and especially a big week like this week where we're launching our our new Patreon um, at patreon.com forward slash up next. Um, guys like you promoting us and supporting us means the world, and it it really does help us a lot. So thank you, thank you, thank you. No problem. Anytime, guys. Uh, well, shall we go into the show? I have the I have the card here in order. Now, unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier on, I only got to see the the two main events, Cassius Ono versus Volta and Josh Briggs versus Austin Theory. So I'm I'm going to let you take the lead um for the rest of the card. Um I believe we started with Anthony Henry versus JD Drake. Yeah, absolutely. Now, this is a pretty important match, especially for me, uh, an avid Evolve watcher, because these two used to be a, a really solid tag team called the Workhorsemen. And, um, you know, they had a recent falling out of sorts. So this match actually started off pretty hot to the point where a lot of times with Evolve, with the meeting greets, they kind of will blend into the show because a lot of people are waiting online. So this match started off the show. And you can see people kind of rushing out of the meeting greets, trying to get their seats to watch this match. And, um, yeah, it was great. It was great. Um, Anthony Henry did win the match. It was a diving double stomp off the top rope. Um, throughout the match, Henry was kind of pleading to Drake, saying, you know, we're still friends. We're still friends and whatnot. So at the end, they kind of tried to do the old, you know, give me the hug spot. And uh, Anthony Henry did another double turn and uh, did a nice little nut shot to his former friend, J.D. Drake, to uh, the booze of the crowd. Oh, damn. Uh, I really like these two. I think uh, both have their characters really down. JD Drake, not much to look at, but when he starts going, he's he's a fantastic worker, and I think his his promo and just his acting ability, he he really sells me. I remember his match against Austin Theory on the network, which was the first time I saw him, and I'm going, really, this guy? And then he starts talking, and he had me in his corner. I think he's. The everyman, he knows how to get the crowd behind him. And Anthony Henry, with this heel gimmick he's going with now, um, you just want to hate the guy. So I, I can imagine this match being really hot. Absolutely. J.D. Drake, same same way that you felt. When I first saw him, I'm like, eh, I don't know about him. But when he, he started interacting with the guy and meeting him and talking to him, he's just a great guy. Anthony Henry, it took me a little bit longer to... Um, get to really know the character but he had a pretty good feud with darby allen before right before he went to aew it actually was uh, the darby allen's last evolved match was against anthony henry and that's where henry kind of um took a turn and, and kind of got into his heel character a little bit and you see a lot more of a character and emotion from him 
Fantastic. Um, and we move on to Brandon Taggart versus Weatherman Josh. Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you. I've never seen or heard of Weatherman Josh. This guy comes out. I don't know what's going on. He has a, some sort of Weatherman gimmick, but not really. He had an, he had an umbrella, and then he uh, to take it out, you know, out of a gentleman Jack Gallagher's gimmick. He opened the umbrella up, and dollar bills started flying amongst the crowd, which is just really weird to see. Um, Brandon Taggart, he's. He's been in Evolve, but I've never actually seen him. I think it might be his first time on Laboom. He's got a really, I don't know if you've ever seen Taggart before, but he's got a really um, interesting look. I, I wouldn't know how to, uh, he was at Evolve 135. Yeah, I, I saw him on yesterday's show. He was also in a, uh, a multi-man match at Evolve uh, 134 with, uh, who else was in that? There was Karam, and there were a load of guys in this big multi-man match um, in Chicago. So that was the first time I saw him. He looks like the big kid at school. He, yeah, he's to, so baby like, face, but got yeah. this big poofy hair. Got his jeans, his hoodie on. Yeah, I don't know if you if you're familiar with Cabbage Patch Kids. He reminds me of a, a giant sized Cabbage Patch Kid with, with a lot of hair. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, the, the match was really short. It was kind of like a kind of the put Taggart over a little bit. He won with a, with a doctor bomb. Um, it was pretty. It was a pretty simple match. Just you know, the crowd was behind him. He has a really big presence to him when he when he gets in the ring, jumps out of the ring. The whole crowd goes, "Whoa!" It's, it's one of those uh, imposing figures. So moving on, we go to Harlem Bravado versus Daniel Garcia. Um, Harlem Bravado's been, I believe, on a bit of a losing streak, and he had to win his matches this weekend to make sure he keeps his contract with Evolve Wrestling. Correct. Yeah, Bravado's been around for a long time. Him and his brother uh, Lancelot, they used to be the Bravado brothers. Um, his brother, I think, got into politics, I want to say, and ever since then, Harlem's been on his own. Um, Daniel Garcia, I don't know too much about him. I know he goes by, um, I think it was, uh, I forgot his nickname, Red Death. And the fans seem to have known him, and they were chanting for him. He has some sort of uh, MMA-type gimmick presence to him. Yeah, we're, um, a- we're more familiar with him uh, here in Toronto, because he, he works for Smash a lot, because he's from Buffalo. Oh, okay. It's only about a a 90-minute drive away. Um, I'm not sure if you were aware, but uh, a load of the Smash wrestlers actually had a really nasty car accident just over a year ago. Oh, and wow, no. Garcia was one of the, the people hospitalized and actually broke both his legs. Wow. Um, so for him to be putting on matches like this, um, I thought he really stood out in yesterday's show. Um, and I believe this was a pretty good match, you say? It was a pretty good match. It was, it was I want to say, about five, six minutes. Um, Bravado won kind of out of nowhere. It was kind of like a surprise win. Um, Garcia seemed a little, uh, you know, playing the gimmick of just kind of being like surprised by the finish and whatnot. Bravado was uh, really hated, which later on it, I was uh, I was not on the, the I did not realize that Bravado was uh, associated with Cassius Ono. He actually came out with him later on in the match, and Bravado has a real heat to him. The fans don't really uh, get behind him too much, so when he came out with Ono later on, it was kind of like a little surprising. Yeah, what is the connection between the two of them? Is it just that uh, they both like basketball? I was actually asking my friend about that, and I'm not sure if this goes maybe from the beginning of their indie careers, but supposedly um, Bravado was like a protege to um, Cassius Ono, so maybe when Chris Hero was was first wrestling, he might have uh, put Bravado under his wing and pretty much you know showed him the ways or whatnot. But that's pretty much what I'm getting is it's a, a mentor protege type relationship. I see. Uh, moving on, we go to Shotzi Blackheart versus Chris Statlander. How was this? Yes. I- Actually, I was um, right before Evolve 136. There actually was a Shine Wrestling Show. Shine is an all women's organization. They usually have back to back events whenever Evolve is at Laboom. So I was actually able to see both Shotzi and Chris wrestle um, earlier on in the night. Um, it was a really good match. Uh, Shotzi is over with the crowd. She has this really ecstatic 
uh, gimmick. I know she's been in uh, Impact in the past, so she's had some TV exposure before. She has like a really like Rebel-like uh, gimmick to her. Chris Statlander, it's the first time I've seen her, but I've heard of her. She has this really uh, weird alien-type gimmick. Like It's hard, really hard to describe, but she does this whole E.T. phone home with her finger and really weird move sets, and it, it's really uh, uh, something to see in person. Um, Shotzi won. It was a pretty, uh, pretty good match. She won with a diving senton. Um, overall, it was a really good women's match. Every once in a while, they try to uh, throw in at least one or two women's matches on the, on the Evolve shows. Yeah, and I, I've been enjoying the ones I've seen. I, I really like Shotzi Blackheart. From uh, I've only seen her since that network special uh, where she was one of the standouts for sure. That, that suicide dive into the chairs I talked about with Jesse earlier um, was insane. Um, I think she's, she could go somewhere for sure. Absolutely. I see WWE picking her up within a year or two. She just has that 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 look already that of a superstar. And talking about WWE, we go to my NXT boy, Arturo Huas, who is definitely one of my favorites on these show shows. And I am gutted I missed this match. As soon as they have uh, uploaded this show, uh, Arturo Huas versus Anthony Sharkbait Gutierrez is definitely one of the ones I want to check out. When this match started, the, the whole arena was, was their eyes were fixated into the match. It was, they both, you, you, from the bat, you got a, a Bloodsport MMA type feel to it. Um, Gutierrez is my first time seeing him live, but he also has a full-on MMA gimmick. Uh, no shoes, the gloves on, the shorts, everything. And who else you already know has that, that MMA background. So this match was, was brutal. I think within the first minute or so, who else got cut on his forehead. Um, they were just doing takedowns the entire match. It was just a real brutal, brutal match. Um, I think the ending, it was a, a triangle choke. I know Gutierrez had him in the choke, and out of nowhere, Huas kind of reversed it, ran into a pinfall. It was a pretty uh, surprise, but um, Gutierrez got a standing ovation after that. Huas gave him a recognition, and they, and they both pretty much went out there both with their heads up high. Oh, really? So, because Gutierrez has been a bit of a, a heel in everything I've seen up to now, but they, they kind of did the respect angle? Yeah, for sure. Even when he came in, you could tell Gutierrez was, um, was very humble and very uh, proud to be sharing the ring with Huas. Interesting. Um, moving on, we go to Kurt Stallion versus Anthony Green, and this is the final of the Evolution Edge tournament. Correct. Yeah, I know the night before they both had um, matches to get into the finals. Now, these two have a relationship. Um, they used to be a tag team, not a really serious tag team, but they were teaming up here and there. And then um, Brandy Lauren, who was the, the female that accompanied Anthony Green, I know you've seen her in a NXT pushing Velveteen Dream's couch every once in a while. Oh, yeah. She... she, um, she did one of those uh, storylines where she was pretty much trying to tell Green to leave him and join me. And he was saying, no, 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 Kurt Stallion is my friend. And then at one of the Evolve shows a couple months ago, uh, Green went ahead and turned on Stallion. And uh, they've been feuding ever since. So these finals were perfect. When the match started before the bell even rang, Stallion attacked Green. They were um, brawling outside for the first couple of minutes. Um, Stallion's he's one of the fan favorites in Laboom. Between him and Leon Ruff, those are the two, what I would say, um, homegrown, evolved talents. They've been there since day one that I've seen them at Laboom, and they have a huge fan support. Stallion uh, grew out a beard. He's doing a more uh, rough gimmick. His gimmick is, is a little odd. It's kind of like a, um, I guess, a Western, old school, like Red Dead Redemption like character, but with a with a new with a new edge. Um, a couple months ago, uh, Anthony Green had this um, this spot where uh, it turned into a, a gif or a meme where he pretty much like uh, there was a balloon <laughs> hanging in the rafters from. Um, uh, I guess a, a birthday party earlier in the night that he was able to grab and do like a spinning dive with the balloon. And somehow, some way, the, there was a balloon this night as well. So he went ahead and recreated the spot. <laughs> and he grabbed the he grabbed the balloon, did a, a diving spot, 
Uh, Stallion put him in the corner, put the balloon onto Green, did a, a running drop kick and popped the balloon. It, it was, you know, it was literally the biggest pop of the night. And uh, <laughs> and uh, Stallion ended up winning. It was a uh, an avalanche German suplex off the top rope. He got the win. After the match, he got on the mic, you know, said he's not done with you, Green and, and uh, Lauren. And I guess the winner of the finals, I'm not sure if this was set on TV or not, but he announced that he has a match with Cassius Ono. So I guess that's what the winner of the tournament got, was a match with Ono at one of the uh, upcoming Evolve shows. Yeah, I this wasn't mentioned um like in the in yesterday's show, the Evolution Edge, I I have no idea what this tournament is. They didn't really do a good job of saying what it's for. They just said it's Evolution Edge tournament. Is this a tournament that happens every year? Uh, no, it- as, as as far as I know, it's the first tournament I've seen. I mean, from the participants, it looks like people that are strictly in WWN or Evolve, um, kind of like homegrown talent, kind of like similar to how the breakout tournament was for NXT, but for the Evolve talent. But they never really said what their winner was going to get. But by the, by the looks of his promo, he pretty much said he has a match with Ono coming up. And uh, one of my friends was able to tell me that that was the the, the prize for winning the tournament, a match with Cassius Ono. Prize is a match against the guy who loses in one of the main events tonight. Exactly. It's a little, <laughs> Seems little a bit boggling. odd. Um, <laughs> I, I just want to go back to Kurt Stallion a bit because sure. he's a guy, when I'm watching these shows, I can tell is, I can see he's loved by the crowd. Um, right. On that network special, Matt Riddle came out and kind of endorsed him. Now, from the... I haven't been watching Evolve for long. I've only seen a few of these shows. Um, and Jesse was saying the same. We can't quite see what it is. Um, obviously, we're missing something because people at these shows seem to love him. Um, but I, just, I don't, I don't, his look yeah, really is strange. His, like, yeah. his ring work is is fine. But, I mean, maybe maybe the balloon stuff would have won me over today. But, <laughs> I yeah, I, I don't quite get it. Something about watching him live, I'm not sure if it translate, translates well on TV, but whenever he wrestles, he, he seems to like, um, you know, he talks trash in between his moves every once in a while and kind of gets the crowd popping a little bit. Just right. his overall presence. He has a, a really good vibe to it. He does a lot of like, um, just kind of hanging out with the crowd as well before and after the shows. And he seems to have gotten the fans behind him that way, just kind of, um, just kind of chit-chatting with everybody. But when he from when he, his first match there, he wasn't assigned to WWN, but I think right after his first or second match, he had some really outstanding matches, and right off of that, he got signed right away to WWN, which is the parent company of Evolve. Right. And um, he's been, I don't know, he's been like a fan favorite ever since. I'm not sure if it's like that in the other arenas, but whenever he comes to Queens and LeBoom, he always has the fans behind him. Yeah, I mean, definitely in Chicago as well, when uh, the last show I watched, he was, he was very right. popular there, too. Um, can, you, can you recommend some Kurt Stallion matches to maybe go out of my way to have a look at because i do now subscribe to wwn as difficult as it was to do <laughs> I, I would have to find out exactly what matches i know it was his debut in laboom i have to go back and see exactly who he fought in that match but it was his first match in laboom that pretty much had the whole crowd kind of looking at him he did tweak his gimmick a little bit when he first started he was more of like a um a cowboy even his theme song was like a really like a old school like 70s cowboy type theme song and it kind of got the crowd all riled up he seems to have changed that a little bit now i'm not sure why he changed his music so his gimmick has changed a little bit from when he first started but he was he started off as a heel and he just had this cocky demeanor to him um i have to find out some of his early matches i'll definitely recommend them to you thank you um and moving on we go to a 10 man two out of three falls tag match this sounds crazy it was the skulk adrian alanis ar fox bobby flacco Leon Ruff and Liam Gray versus The Unwanted, Donovan, Eddie Kingston, Joe Gacy, Karam, and Sean Maluda. 
Yeah, this is um this whole match is, is gonna be kind of difficult to kind of break down, but I'm gonna try my best just to give a little background of the groups really quick. So the Skulk is pretty much AR Fox, who's been wrestling God knows forever. He pretty much um I'm not sure if it's a real dojo that he says, but he he talks about AR Fox's dojo, just a, a group of kids or misfits that pretty much study under him. So that's pretty much what all these guys are, like uh, Adrian Alanis and Leon Ruff. They're pretty much like his pupils that he trains, and they have this really like party mentality. I'm sure you've seen them before. Like they kind of go around dancing in the ring and yeah. and kind of uh, being all happy. Um, Leon Ruff is definitely the breakout star of this. He just has amazing moves. He's so quick. He's he's one of the the all stars out of the Skulk. Um, the unwanted is pretty much a group of like unwanted, just like their name says, it's people that um, aren't necessarily signed to um, evolve kind of a uh, independent stars, guys that never made it like Maluda, who's kind of been bouncing around NXT and whatnot. Um, Eddie Kingston, who's been around forever. So this match, um, it started off pretty hot. Like uh, actually right where I was sitting, I was sitting right in the front row. I didn't even realize it until my friend tapped me on my shoulder, but the unwanted was all standing behind us. Um, uh, the skull come running out. They start brawling in the crowd, going crazy. Um, right off the bat, one of the guys, I think it was Flacco, got injured, got taken out of the match. It was already down to five to four. Um, Donovan and Karama actually knew to the Awanted. The Awanted was originally, it was actually um, Eddie Kingston, Joe Gacy, Colby Carino, who's the son of Steve Carino, and uh, Shane Strickland, who's now in uh, NXT as uh, Zaya Swerve Scott. That was the original Unwanted. Uh, once uh, Strickland left, Sean Maluda took his place. Colby Carino, I want to say he's taken a hiatus now. I think he had a birth of a child, so he's kind of been missing. Uh, okay. And, uh, yeah, Donovan and Karam, they just kind of kind of came out of nowhere. I think Donovan joined uh, yesterday's show, if I'm not mistaken, at 135. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, Karam, I had no idea he had any allegiance to Loto Unwanted. He just kind of started recently. He's only been wrestling for six months. Karam is already already impressing the crowd. Um, so he pretty much was, a, I guess, a late-minute addition. I'm not sure if he's officially a part of Unwanted or not, but he was able to join the group. Um, right off the bat, the first fall the was the Unwanted one pretty much right away when they took out Flacco. Uh, the match continued. I think the Skull ended up getting a win, but in the process, one of their other men's got injured. So it was down to five to three. It was looking like the Skull was going to actually um, forfeit the match. And then AR Fox went ahead and said they have a surprise. Uh, Baba Tunde came out, who was actually there doing the meet and greets. He came out, got a huge reaction. I don't know if you've ever seen this guy in person, but he is humongous. He stands over every other wrestler in the ring. He came out, clean house. They were doing all types of spots outside the ring. It was a Pretty much a brawl, but I ended up winning. I think King, Kenny, uh, Eddie Kingston ended up uh, getting like a small package and winning at the end, kind of out of nowhere. But the whole match was just a, a crazy match. Yeah, I see here uh, the Skulk got the second fall by pinfall with an assisted DDT from Alanis and Gray onto Donovan. And then the Unwanted get the third and final fall by uh, take, using a Liger Bomb from Gacy. Oh, and right. Fox yes. Yeah. The the, yeah. There's so many different pinfalls in this match. It was really yeah, hard to keep I'm track sure. of. Um, the most important part actually came um, after the match, which is really interesting because uh, the announcer, Trevin, he came out and gave Joe Gacy an evolved contract. He said, um, you know, they've been imp impressed with your work so far. Um, here's an evolved contract. You, you know, you earned it and whatnot. And this is interesting because the whole point of the unwanted group is um, that they're unwanted. They're not signed. They're, you know, they're not trying to get signed. But Eddie Kingston pretty much put Gacy over saying this is what we've been working at and whatnot. But something tells me that this is going to lead to um, them turning on Gacy because I don't I think see. they're going to want somebody who's wanted and the unwanted. Yeah. <laughs> and this goes to our first uh, main event, which is when I tuned in. <laughs> Which was Cassius Ono versus Volta, which I think uh, I definitely was very excited to see this match. 
Um, the match starts with uh, Ono offering his hand in a sign of respect, and Volta refuses, shaking his head like the heel he is. Uh, there's a cravat applied to Volta, which is reversed into a takedown. Volta locks in a cravat of his own. Uh, Volta goes for a few pin attempts, and Ono bridges out, kind of, kind of like we see with Zack Sabre Jr. However, this is Cassius Ono, a bigger, bigger guy. And Volta then jumps with his knees onto the stomach of Ono, trying to put him down to the mat. But Ono still won't go down. I thought this this segment look uh, was very cool. Um, no, are, absolutely. Uh, there are nasty blows to the chest of Ono from Volta, a big boot to the face of Ono, and then just the huge Volta chops on the outside. These these sound like guns going off. Um, how uh, how yeah. was it there? How was the reaction there? Was it as loud <laughs> in person as it is on TV? I'm not sure if, if Walter or JD Drake has the loudest chops, but I I, I I'm not kidding you. Um, um, I'm not kidding you. But when he hits those chops, I felt the ring move, Davey. Like the ring was moving closer to me in the front row. I was feeling the the chops. It's just uh, just to see it in person. It's just it hurts. It hurts just to watch. Volta then goes for another big chop. However, this time Ono gets out of the way and he chops the ring post. And from now on, it's going to be the selling of the hand story. Ono puts uh, puts Volta's hand in the um, in the turnbuckle and grabs a screwdriver and just starts twisting at it. We see him do the kind of Pete Dunne uh, finger manipulation and goes for the the stomp to the elbow, but this time. Uh, does it with a senton, which I thought looked very cool. Um, quite unique. Uh, we see a German suplex to Ono from Volta as he's trying to make his comeback. And uh, then they're both scrambling on the top of the turnbuckle. And Volta hits a belly-to-back suplex off the top for the three. Absolutely. This is a very hot match. It was kind of weird because usually when they bring in guys from um, NXT or NXT UK, they usually fight evolved talent this is probably one of the first times where it was two wwe technically guys fighting each other but the crowd was still behind both of them it was, a, it was a very hot match when ono pulled out the screwdriver we didn't know what he was doing once we realized they were all like oh no that's uh, no pun intended but we're uh, <laughs> pretty we're pretty much like we knew he was going to do something nasty to him and, and the whole breaking fingers thing that was the theme of the night because uh who lost earlier in the night was also coming in from a uh, a finger injury from the nxt match with Pete dunn when he was uh trying to break his fingers and uh so they kind of like have that theme going on the whole night with the breaking fingers. What is it with these wrestlers at the moment and just hating each other's fingers? They maybe didn't hear it's it. In we, Vogue we just, at the they, moment. they hate fingers. Yeah, <laughs> fingers are people don't want fingers. They want to get rid of them. And how, what did you think of this finish to the match? I was chatting to Jesse about it about how when Volta doesn't win with his uh, with his clutch, he's been winning numerous different ways. Uh, he did the the short arm clothesline yesterday. Um, I believe he did like a splash to uh, to Dunn to win that match. Uh, he's been switching up how he gets that final pinfall. Yeah, it was definitely unexpected. The crowd kind of looked around saying, like, that's it. Like, they didn't really expect the finish out of that. But at the same time, they were impressed with the move. Yeah. And this brings us to our main event, which is Josh Briggs versus Austin Theory. Now, this is a feud that's been going on for quite a while. Uh, Josh Briggs seems very, very popular with the Evolve crowd. And Austin Theory, on the other hand, is hated in a good way. He's, I think his heel work is fantastic. Um, this felt like a really hot 
match to close the Absolutely. show. Absolutely. Do they show do they show video packages when you're watching Evolve on the uh Yes, the but this this was one of my little gripes. They showed the video package, but it was it was a cameraman filming the video that you see on the screen there. It wasn't oh, it wasn't okay. like they do in WWE where it cuts to like an actual video of it. I don't know if this okay. is something they edit in post because uh, obviously this is live. Um but yeah, they I thought this deal was uh, this uh, video was great, really hyped up the match, told the whole story. They're really playing up how uh, Theory has this NXT contract and he now thinks he's better than everyone. Um, yeah, really liked it. I was really pumped for this match. I still can't get over Austin Theory is only 22. Um, yeah, it, that's absolutely it's crazy to me. Him actually, uh, you know, calling himself a real superstar played throughout the night because how it usually works with the Evolve shows is if you're an Evolve talent, you don't really charge. You just kind of have your own table outside and, you know, people buy your shirts and they can take free pictures or whatnot. But if you're a WWE talent, you have this special treatment. You're inside the actual arena. You have to pay to take pictures, pay to take autographs. So this is actually the first time where Theory moved from the outside table to the paid meet and greet. Really? So the entire time, yeah. So he's over there saying, you know, I'm a real superstar now. You need to pay to see me. Like, and people <laughs> usually, you know, they'll see him outside and take a picture. Now they actually have to buy a ticket and wait online to see Theory. So they kind of played him as gimmick. That's great. I love that. I, he needs to play it up more and more. I think this guy's fantastic. Uh, the match starts with Briggs just storming Theory. Uh, he kicks him, uh, sorry, Theory starts trying to come back and kicks Briggs, who completely no-sells it and starts to fire up. There's a beautiful Rolling Thunder dropkick from Theory. Um, Lenny Leonard informs us that this is the 11th defense of Austin Theory, and he is currently the fifth longest reigning champ. Uh, and the fourth longest reigning champ is A.R. Fox, who was his mentor and trainer. So, do you think they'll go as long as that? I believe it's another uh, 50 or so days before um, uh, Theory will take over in fourth play in the fourth longest reigning. Do you see them setting up a match with AR Fox down the line? It's, it's possible. I mean, they only usually run two Evolve shows a month, so it's easy to kind of hold the long reign without having to worry sure. about um, losing the title. So I can definitely see that happening. Um, after tonight, though, I, I was thinking more... I figured that Kurt Stallion was going to get a title shot from winning the tournament, but I guess that's, that's not the direction that they're going. Um, I don't really see A.R. Fox going to the world title picture. He kind of is taking more of a mentor role at this time. Yeah. So I can't see it, but, you know, anything could happen when he goes. There's a spear to Briggs on the outside. Uh, Theory hits a load of forearm to, forearms to Briggs's face, and Briggs just floors him with a big boot, a backbreaker, and then a butterfly backbreaker. I thought this sequence looked beautiful, really nice. Uh, Theory hits a 2k1 neckbreaker for a two count, which is kind of like Adam Cole's Sushi Garoshi. Um, Theory goes for Go to Hell, uh, but it gets reversed. Um, there's a buckle bomb from Theory, a chokeslam attempt into a buckle bomb from Briggs, rolling thunder blockbuster from Theory. This whole sequence was really good. Just both guys trying to one up the each other, taking each other's moves. Uh, there's uh, Briggs hits the go to hell, which is like a float over into a knee to the face. I I think this move is awesome looking. Um, Absolutely. There's then a super kick from Theory to Briggs. Three seconds around the world, which is a blue thunder bomb for a two count. Briggs then hits his power bomb on the apron, but only for a two count. He goes for a choke slam attempt, but gets eaten with a super kick. Theory then goes for Ataxia and it gets reversed into a huge powerbomb for a two count. 
Briggs goes for a halluva kick and Theory pulls the ref in the way who gets taken out. This ref eats the boot of Briggs and is dead. Absolutely. That was one of the probably the best moves I've seen all night was the ref taking that. <laughs> yeah. Unlike, what was that? It was Sasha Banks and um, was it Charlotte? No, sorry. Uh, Sasha and Be- Becky where the ref gets hit in the shoulder by a chair and is down for 15 minutes. This yeah, I don't believe. <laughs> this could knock you out. Um, so obviously we know some shenanigans is going to happen. Briggs attempts to hit the Ataxia um, himself to Theory. Obviously that's Theory's uh, finishing move. However, Cassius Ono interferes to a boot to Briggs in the face, allowing Theory to hit Ataxia. He drags the ref over. One, two, three. And Austin Theory is still your Evolve champion. This was really surprising on many levels. Um, this is the same arena where Josh Briggs actually got injured, and we pretty much thought his career was either done or pretty much postponed. But he, the fact that he came back to the same arena, was fighting for the title, theories in NXT already doing house shows. We figured this was it. This is the last match. They said Theory will keep defending the title till he is no more champion. We figured this is Briggs' time to shine. And the, the way that the match ended with Ono coming in, it just it, at what point did the broadcast end on, on TV? Um, pretty much just, um, yeah, uh, Theory was celebrating and that kind of ended. There was yeah. a, a, a little exchange like of looks between Ono and Briggs, but yeah, pretty much just ended there. Yeah, it was really awkward. We thought that like, like the lights came on, we thought something else was going to happen. Maybe Theory was going to cut a promo. He tends to always cut a promo at the end of the night, kind of put himself over. And there was none of that. It was just, it was a very, uh, unusual ending to evolve. They don't usually end with endings like that. So everybody kind of got up and they were like, okay, everybody move on to the, the meeting greets because the meeting greets to continue after the show. So I'm not sure if it was a time issue or whatnot, right. but it just seemed like the ending was pretty flat. Yeah. And I'm with you. I saw Briggs winning the title tonight and then that obviously sets up, um, you could do Briggs and Ono again for, but this time for the title, obviously Ono beat Briggs yesterday. Um, I don't really see, unless it's Curtis Stallion, who they're going to slot in that uh, the title picture against Theory now. Yeah, Briggs and Curtis Stallion are the only two baby faces I can really see take over Theory. Now, one thing that is of, of note, Theory came out with brand new music. I'm not sure if it's the same music that he's using on the um, NXT house shows. I know he had his first match a couple of days ago in Florida. I'm not sure who he fought, but he ended up losing. Um, I wonder if they're going to... I don't know if it's possible for him to do it, but maybe have Theory defend the title on NXT. Like, I don't know if that's a possibility. Definitely. I think anything's possible now. Um, if they, if this move is going to happen uh, of Evolve to uh, to the network, I can see them definitely wanting to put some eyes on on Evolve now that they're live. It, it certainly could happen. Absolutely. Uh, so, overall thoughts, I by the sounds of it, and these last two matches, uh, Evolve 136, a lot better than Evolve 135. It seemed like a really uh, hot show. Absolutely. My favorite match was a Stallion Green match. The entire crowd was into that match. Um, the Huas Gutierrez match was awesome. It was just an overall just brawl. The 10-man tag was all over the place. It was an overall really fun show. Um, most of the crowd, they, they come for the, for the Shine show, so they have to sit through from 3 p.m. all the way to 8 p.m. So it's a pretty long night of wrestling mm. with a little intermission in between. Um, but overall, they everybody seemed to enjoy the show. And you went to the Shine show as well, I believe. Correct, correct. Yeah, Shine tends to do back-to-back shows whenever Evolve comes to um, Laboom. It was a pretty cool show. Um, the main real uh, storyline at the end was uh, 
a new all-female-led uh, stable. Think of it like an NWO with females. And it was led by um, Allison Kay, who goes by Sienna. It had uh, Eva Lise, Marty Bell, uh, a couple other females. They pretty much destroyed the entire Shine roster. It was a really cool moment. It was one of my favorite moments of the day. Excellent. So anything worth checking out? Any matches from Shine to have a look at? Um, not necessarily. They don't. They don't really go based on match quality. Just an overall cool feel to it. Um, okay. I've seen better matches in the past. Yeah, Mercedes and Elise had a pretty good match. Um, the main event was actually Allison K. Shotzi Blackheart. Pretty good match, but nothing really too glad at your to see. Awesome. Well, John, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so so much. Uh, I don't know really what I'd have done tonight if you hadn't gone to the show. Uh, sorry. Apologies to everyone. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think there's a curse with me and Evolve. Um, I'll be back for the next show, uh, Evolve 137 and 138. Uh, will you be attending there? It's not in New York this time, is it? I believe it's in one of the Carolinas, I think. So I assume you won't be going. No, I won't be going. Um, I'll actually be going to the New Japan show next week in New York at the Hammerstein Ballroom. The oh, next nice. time Evolve, yeah, the next time Evolve comes will be uh, November 9th, they announced they'll be coming back for Evolve 139. Um, I'll definitely be attending that show. Um, I, I don't really watch live on the WWE Network because it doesn't seem to be working for me either. It's, it's really a hassle. They need to get it together. I try to watch it on my TV. It doesn't, I can't sign into the, the app and it just, it's a pretty much a headache. So I try to just attend them live when I can. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll definitely be here uh, to whenever the next time they come to town. Awesome. Well, maybe we can have you back on uh, for another live, uh, live perspective of the show. Um, again, thank you so much. Thank you for supporting us. Uh, and yeah, you were great. Thanks, John. No problem. Anytime, Davey. Okay. And that is it. It. Thank you everyone for listening to our review of Evolve 135 and 136. And again, a huge thank you to Jesse from The Six and John Ceno. I couldn't have done this show without them. They were both fantastic, I thought. Uh, so a big thank you goes out to them. But obviously, you can join me with my usual partner in crime, Braden Harrington, on Wednesday evening, immediately after NXT Live on US. We will be talking all about the show. You can find us on our YouTube channel, BDE Official. So you can join us live for the review or Thursday morning on Post Wrestling on the Up Next feed. So like, subscribe to that. And also, if you haven't already, please check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash up next. All the information is there. If you want to hear more shows like Was Next, we're going back in the past, reviewing past episodes of NXT right from the beginning of the Full Sail era days. We are doing way more movie reviews. We'll be having a review of Solo coming out this week. That is all available on the Patreon. You can find myself on Twitter and Instagram at Davey Portman, and you can find Braden at the Bray D. And like and tweet and subscribe to our brand new twitter at up next podcast get the word out there thank you so so much guys i am now going to treat myself to a pizza because i haven't eaten all day and i very much look forward to it thank you thank you thank you ahoy
From 3 to 6 p.m. Monday through Friday, Buffalo Wild Wings Happy Hour has beer, cocktails, and bar food for 3 to 6 bucks. It's the perfect way to offset a long day. Text that hilarious joke about your boss to your boss. What? No, no. Try a $4 Coors Light Tall. Set your morning alarm for 6 p.m. That calls for $5 strawberry margaritas. So if you ask your phone why you're still single and... Ha, ha, ha. Seriously? Head to Buffalo Wild Wings Happy Hour from 3 to 6. At participating locations, taxes and fees apply. Dine-in only. Drink responsibly. Offers vary by location. Void where prohibited. You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors, sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Dunkin'. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply.